0: You know, every day before we come on the air, I read through about three or four different sources of news headlines. I never thought that right before I went on the air, I'd have to fight the temptation to laugh at how well-written a headline was. I mean, it was just so well-written, I'm having trouble not laughing because it was hysterical. And the point they were making in the story was, was fantastic. And if we did news, I'd share it with you. But I'll share this with you this morning. I'll just say this. Find a reason to laugh today. Find something that makes you smile and enjoy that moment and thank God for that moment. If he gives you the grace of just a little giggle or a chuckle or whatever it may be today thank him for that grace let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen o oh, jesus through the immaculate heart of mary i offer you my prayers works joys and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your sacred heart in union with the holy sacrifice of the mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins for the intentions of my relatives and friends and in particular for the intentions of the holy father amen we dedicate all of our thoughts words and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I guess if, I, if I'm if i known for saying don't waste your suffering, the flip side of that is don't waste your smiles either when God gives you the grace to smile and the occasion to do so. Today on the show for our radio listeners, we had an interview last week with Archbishop Rosansky while we were broadcasting live from the summit. So for our podcast and radio listeners, we're going to bring you that interview. And I also had the opportunity recently to sit down with Auxiliary Bishop Mark Rivetuso to talk about the candidates for confirmation and how every year they the bishops get to address the candidates, you know, right before mass usually, and then through the homily. But what would they say if they got to address the candidates at the beginning of the formation process? Well, we're going to hear about that all week from Bishop Rivatuso. That's all ahead on Roadmap to Heaven today. Let's go now to Mike Roberts for today's Saint of the Day.
1: On the Franciscan calendar, today is the feast day of Saint Gertrude the Great. Born in Germany in 1256, On the Feast of the Epiphany, Gertrude began her education at the age of four at a Benedictine monastery where she was guided by Saint Matilda. In 1266, at the age of 10, Gertrude joined the monastery and began a journey that would lead her to becoming one of the great mystics of the church. In her mid-twenties, she began to have a series of visions that would continue for the rest of her life. Gertrude was a prolific writer and the herald of divine love and spiritual exercises continue to this day to be outstanding resources for those seeking a deeper spiritual walk with the Lord. Gertrude also had a great devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and a deep love for the holy souls in purgatory. During one of her visions, Jesus gave St. Gertrude a special prayer telling her, every time it was said, 1,000 souls would be released into heaven. Here is that prayer. Eternal Father, I offer Thee the most precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory. For sinners everywhere. For sinners in the universal church, those in my own home, and within my family. Hi meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. St. Gertrude the Great, please pray for us.
0: Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. If you tuned into the show last Friday, you know that we were on the road broadcasting live a special episode of Roadmap to Heaven from a vocations rally for middle school youth called The Summit. And later that day, following Holy Mass, I had the opportunity to sit down with the Chief Shepherd of the Archdiocese of St. Louis, His Excellency Mitchell Rosansky, the Most Reverend Mitchell Rosansky, Archbishop of St. Louis, to ask about vocations and youth. And, well, we're pleased to bring you that conversation here this morning. Earlier today, we were able to broadcast live from the Summit Middle School Vocations event. And uh, now, after Mass, we have the pleasure of sitting down with Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky, the Archbishop of St. Louis to talk about this wonderful day. Archbishop, it's so great to be with you today.
2: Adam, thank you very much, and it's wonderful to be able to get together with so many of our young people today.
0: I I love the gospel that we had today at Mass that you preached about, about the conversion um, of St. Paul or oh, that was the first reading, that wasn't the gospel, but you, you talked about that conversion after an encounter with the Lord, and what a, what a great day this is. What are your hopes for the, the 1,300 youth gathered today, hopefully having an encounter today as they go forth from this event?
2: Well, Adam, first of all, uh, to be able to speak about the different encounters we have in life with the Lord is so important, and to model to our young people Not all of us have an encounter like St. Paul did with the risen Lord on the way to Damascus, but rather the Lord speaks to us in so many different ways and to allow our young people to see the ways that God is speaking to them. I think that's such an important message for this day.
0: Now, I I love how in that story, really the only one that acts is the Lord. It's it's not that someone else came up to St. Paul and said, you know, the Lord wants you to know this, or the Lord wants me to give this message to you. It it was Jesus speaking directly to him. And yet, when he goes forth, he wasn't alone. It's not like he said, now, you go on and live your life, and I hope you figure the rest out. There was the rest of the church there to baptize him, to welcome him in, to help him on the way to becoming one of the greatest saints of all time. How can we, the faithful, be that for our youth? as they go forth, having an encounter with the Lord, and maybe he's planted something on their heart today. What can we do to help?
2: Thank you, Adam. That's a wonderful question. First of all, the, the ways in which we model to our youth what it means to follow Jesus is to be witnesses to Jesus ourselves. And that's in our daily lives. That's where people really see our example in being parents who lovingly care for their children In being devoted in the workplace or at school, uh, in all of those different areas, we're able to truly witness to Christ in a world that sometimes might even seem hostile to that witness. But Jesus calls us, as he called St. Paul, to truly be his witnesses.
0: I would love to ask about just the presence of the youth gathered today. St. Louis has a a very wonderful tradition going back to, I I think, 20-plus years now of Steubenville Youth Conferences, various events throughout the year. What does that mean to you as the archbishop to gather together and see this many, in this case, middle schoolers, willing to come and spend a day in prayer, willing to spend a day looking for that encounter with Jesus, growing in their faith?
2: What today shows me is that Jesus really plants his love in our hearts from the day we're baptized. And for most of us, that was as infants. And we've learned about that love, we've grown in that love. And to see our middle schoolers responding so beautifully to the Lord's call to them is just really, for me as bishop, it's edifying. And I ask the Lord to continue to bless our young people. They have a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of joy, and they seek that direction in their lives that will provide meaning for them.
0: Are there any particular intentions our listeners could pray for, for, the, for these young people, for the, the high school men possibly discerning, and those we have in seminary or, or discerning seminary at this point?
2: Well, this weekend we have a come-and-see retreat for high schoolers who are discerning uh, priesthood, maybe thinking that they're called to the priesthood. Uh, Today's group who got together in such a wonderful way in celebration and in song and in mass to pray specifically that our young people may be open to the call of the Holy Spirit in their lives and may respond to that call generously. Being here in St. Louis, I, I see the generosity of our people in so many different ways, and especially for our youth, the ways in which they respond to calls to service and to prayer.
0: That last question for you. I know we've talked about this before, but in, in your own vocation story, how old were you when you first heard that call that God God might have been saying, I think I'm calling you to be or well he would know, but that you were saying, I think God might be calling me to be a priest.
2: Well, you know, I felt very fortunate, uh, Adam. It was very clear to me from a young age, probably from like seven or eight years old, that I really had uh, a feeling, a call to the priesthood. And then in my family, uh, where we certainly practiced our faith, it was nurtured. And then I felt that I had to really respond to that call by going into formation and into seminary. So it was from a young age, but the Lord just led me there in that path all the way through.
0: Well, praise God for your vocation and for all of our priests and, and religious who have so generously answered that call and said yes to the Lord. And we will continue to pray for those who are discerning. Archbishop, it's always an honor to have some time with you for our radio listeners. Could I ask you to offer a prayer for us as we conclude?
2: Sure. And Adam, my thanks to you for all that you're doing to get out the good news. Thank you so you're much. Welcome. Lord, our God you call each one of us at our baptism, you call each one of us by name. Open our hearts always to your will. Lead us in paths of peace and truth that bring about our true witnessing of your life at work in our world. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Once again, thank you to
0: Archbishop Mitchell Rosansky for taking the time with us here on Roadmap to Heaven on Covenant Network. We'll be back after this. Are you enjoying this episode of Roadmap to Heaven? Are you saying to yourself, I wish I could listen to this again? Well, good news, you can. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network to find this episode and more. And for even more great Catholic content, be sure to visit www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O U R Catholic Radio.org and click on the Programs tab for some great shows. And now back to Roadmap to Heaven. I mentioned at the top of the show that we had the opportunity last week to sit down with Auxiliary Bishop Mark Rivetuso in St. Louis to talk about confirmation, and we're going to start bringing you that conversation. It was a long one, but it was a very good one uh, today, and we're going to bring it to you this week, so let's give a listen. We are happy to have with us on the show today the Auxiliary Bishop of the Archdiocese of St. Louis, His Excellency Bishop Mark Rivetuso. Bishop Rivetuso, it's so good to have you with us here on Roadmap to Heaven again. Good to be with you, Adam, and all the listeners as well. So today we are talking about something that uh, for many is next year. For some, it's already been this fall. And well, for a lot of us, it it was a long time ago in our lives as well. That's the Sacrament of Confirmation, one of the times in the life of the Church that uh, either The confirmandi go to the cathedral to receive the sacrament of confirmation or the archbishop or his designate, you, the vicar's general, Mm -hmm. uh, head out to the parishes for confirmations Mm -hmm. as well. And I thought, you know, every confirmation I've been to, it's fitting that you get the last word Mm -hmm. in in the homily right before the confirmation. But if it were practical for you to go to all of the parishes at the Mm -hmm. beginning of their preparation, I was just kind of curious. You, You give them the capstone, but what would you give them at the beginning of the syllabus? What would you say as they begin their preparation? Right. Well, first of all, I think it's important as
3: we have the the ritual speaks for itself, but I really believe that before the homily is given, they are presented by the pastor or the catechist to the bishop or the designate for confirmation, and they attest to the uh, readiness of the candidates for confirmation. And I believe in that testimonial, it shows that take this seriously, That is so important, that when we're journeying in faith, we take our faith seriously, and we journey with faith seriously with the Lord and with the church, helping us to, once again, advance in greater holiness, to live a greater uh, love of the Lord and live his love in our life, and also to be more engaged in the church's life, because as we're growing in our faith, we're also being one with our family of faith to truly be part and engage with all of us in the mission of Jesus to bring Jesus to our world. So I would say at the very beginning of all this, uh, take things seriously because these things are important and our faith is important and living the faith and bringing Jesus to the world, that is of
0: utmost importance for all. I imagine that a lot of the parents of our Confirmandi are going through this whole process as well of looking at high schools and i I think of the many open houses we've been to i think back to my years that right up front they present the profile of the graduate at graduation when your son or daughter graduates from this school this is who we hope that they are and uh it's good to know that because it's like wait a minute is that who i hope i am at the end of high school if if that doesn't (laughs) fit with my hopes maybe i need to be asking myself what am i doing here but uh that leads to my next question you know, who actually is confirming what? Because at some point, I, I know I thought of confirmation. All right, this is my chance to stand up and say, yes, I believe the Catholic faith. And, and that is certainly a component of it. But then when we look deeper in the prayers and in the ritual itself, I mean, it, it seems like we're asking God to do the confirming here and, and to be sealing those with the Holy Spirit who come forward for confirmation. So what exactly, when we talk about the sacrament, who is doing the confirming right. and, and what is being
3: confirmed? Yes. Well, you know, as we have the actual confirmation, the bishop or the delegate says, we seal with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And obviously it's the Holy Spirit that seals the person, that sets that person apart and anoints them for a special purpose. And as we find in those prayers, it comes over and over again that what is all this about, about conforming to the image of Jesus And as we are confirmed by the Holy Spirit, confirmed by God in our life, that we're confirmed to, remember, we're set apart for a special purpose, a special mission, to conform to the image of Jesus. And it's living the beauty of Jesus by the Helper, one of the great titles of the Holy Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit. So every day of our life, the disciples' objective is to become like the Master. We are confirmed by God so we can indeed... As a disciple, always see the beauty of our life to be the beauty of Jesus, to be lived in our life always for not only the church, but also for the world.
0: So this really goes back to, if we want to take a big step back, this goes back to our baptismal calling. So yes. we're starting there that we're brought into the church of baptism. We're called to live this life of Christ. And now in being sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit, when we're confirmed, we're receiving you know more graces in those gifts of the Holy Spirit to go out and live that baptismal calling.
3: How true that is, yes. And and even after we have the homily, then we have the renewal of baptismal promises to make that connection. This is a sacrament of initiation, baptism, Eucharist, and confirmation. And confirmation reminds us that as you, when you were baptized, you died to ourself to live the newness of life, as St. Paul says, to live Christ's life. It's his life that we live. And confirmation by the help of the Holy Spirit We want to live Christ's life in our life. And isn't that what the beauty of the saints are about? They lived out the beauty of Jesus in their life and lived out Christ for others. And they did it by the help of the Holy Spirit. And we're called to be saints. And I remember that for all the candidates, you were called to be saints. What a beautiful calling to live the beautiful life
0: of Jesus for others and to do that by the help of the Holy Spirit. So when we think of, then, the mission that we're sent out on by by virtue of our baptism, by virtue of making that profession of faith, that we're we're saying, I believe this, and I believe mm-hmm. that I am called to go do this, as the confirmandi do our, their preparation, that's part of why you want them to take it so seriously, because they're, if they're saying, okay, I want God to confirm this mm-hmm. in me, that's their way of saying, I'm ready for the mission. I'm ready. I, I'm, I'm willing to serve. I'm willing to go out there.
3: Yes. And... I want them to take seriously that yes, I, I want to be living the beauty of Christ, but remember this is a sacrament initiation to be fully initiated into the church. So you're going to be one with all of us as we all are doing the mission of Christ. We need to be bring out the best in one another, which is Christ and each other, so we can be that image of Jesus for our world as we are called to be as a church and living that beauty of that image of Christ for our world, which the world needs desperately, we need the help of the Holy
0: Spirit. I love the parallels that are there. And I, and I can only imagine that these are not coincidental between the sacraments of initiation and then those who go on to consecrated religious life. That, you know, there is a period of acceptance there's a period of formation and initiation, and then there is a final mm-hmm. moment where all of that comes to a culmination and says, all right, now mm-hmm. you are professing your final vows, and you are part mm-hmm. of the order, and your life going forward is dedicated to this mission, and I, I think that's just such a beautiful parallel we find yes. in the life of the church. We're going to continue that conversation tomorrow here on Roadmap to Heaven, and it's, it's a good one, so I encourage you to tune in for that. As well. Uh, We're going to take a break here to get you the daily dose of encouragement. But before we go to that, you know, I love this prayer and I love to share this prayer with you. So let's take a moment to pray the Holy Trinity prayer.
4: The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament, and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima Prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby He is offended, and through the infinite merits of His most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee, the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, mother of the church, pray for us.
0: It's a glorious week here on the Daily Dose of Encouragement as we reflect on the glorious mysteries with Patty Schneier praying a pro-life rosary this week. And Patty, I love that yesterday we were reminded of the importance of knowing that in everything we are working for, in the end... Jesus is victorious, and we just have to keep our eyes focused on that. What will we hear today?
5: Well, today we're going to do the second glorious mystery of the rosary, and I'm sharing pro-life meditations. And the mystery is the ascension. And here's the meditation. By ascending to the Father's throne... Christ takes our human nature given to us in the womb to the heights of heaven. He shows us that human beings are made to be raised to heaven, not thrown in the garbage. Let us pray that the world may learn this truth and reject abortion. I love that reflection, too, because the fruit of this mystery is hope. And with this mystery, I always pray for every woman who is tempted to abort her child. She needs hope, hope for her own future, hope for her child's future, hope for her needs to be met, and hope for medical care. So give that woman hope, and she will more than likely choose life for her child. Let's be bold and intentional, praying for even just a glimmer of hope for any woman who needs it today.
0: It reminds me of that pastoral letter of St. John Paul II crossing the threshold of hope. So let's pray as we pray our rosary today that we can help bring others across that threshold as we work in this pro-life mission. You know, I have to tell you, thank you for your prayers yesterday for the second graders from our school and the parish PSR who made their first confession and received that beautiful Sacrament of Reconciliation for the first time last night. It was just so wonderful as a dad to be there with my daughter, and she she came out of the church. We were walking over to a little reception they had, and she goes, wait, so I can go anytime now? We looked at her, and she goes to confession. I can can go anytime now. And we said, yeah, we thought you meant you, you can go home anytime now. I thought you wanted cookies. She said, no, no, I can go to confession anytime now. We said, yeah. And that's an important thing for us who are parents or responsible in some way, shape or form for modeling that to our children. You know, it's one thing to talk about the importance of going to confession because it is important. We need to have solution. We need to be in a state of grace when we die. We heard Father Ribberger talking earlier about judgment. We do not want to be in a state of mortal sin when we die. Trust me. Trust the church fathers. Trust the saints. Trust the catechism. Trust our Lord who has told us this. Uh, it's good to talk about it, but it's also vital that we model it and include an invitation. So whether you're a parent, a grandparent, an aunt, an uncle, whatever you're relationship may be, if you're going to confession, perhaps extend that invitation. Hey, I'm going to go to confession later today. Would anyone like to go with me? I'd, I'd be happy to drive. You know, parents, especially, we have to model this for our children. It is vital. Actions speak louder than words, they say. And this is certainly one of those cases that I well, I believe that to be very, very true. I'd like to share with you a little announcement that we received from the Sacred Heart Sodality here in the St. Louis area. For our St. Louis listeners, you are invited to a holy hour on Wednesday mornings following 8 a.m. Mass at St. Clement of Rome Parish. And uh, it's a praying for the intentions of the most sacred heart. So, And here's the beautiful thing. Even if you can't go there on Wednesday mornings, wherever you go. Whether you go to 6.30 Mass, whether you go to 8 o'clock Mass, 7 o'clock Mass, if you're not able to go to Mass, but you're able to get to the Adoration Chapel or you're able to get to church later and pray in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, pray for the intentions of the Most Sacred Heart. We often think of that on First Fridays, but I like to say we can pray that every Friday. We can pray for those intentions every day of the month. In fact, last night, it's one of those things. Praise God. Not only did all of the children go... Uh, to receive the sacrament, but a lot of the parents went as well, which meant it took some time when you have four confessors, and it was a beautiful thing. And it was wonderful to spend that time in church. I am not complaining at all. gave me an opportunity to pray my rosary, and even though I had already prayed the chaplet of Divine Mercy at 3 o'clock yesterday, I wanted to take an opportunity while I was with our Lord just to pray that chaplet again, knowing that while we were all gathered to go to reconciliation, there are so many who sin, who don't even think that they're sinning, who don't acknowledge the reality of sin, and that those sins still offend our Lord, whether whether we acknowledge our sin or not, it still offends our lord and If praying the chaplet last night was just some small way that rather than sit there and listen to the beautiful music and, and twiddle my thumbs, I could make some offering to the Lord to say, I'm sorry for my sins." I'm sorry for the sins of others that don't even know to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that they hurt you. What a beautiful opportunity the Lord provided us with last night to do that. My daughter was so funny too. She said, Dad, what are you doing? She saw my rosary. She goes, why do you have your rosary out? I said, I'm praying. She goes, why don't I hear words coming out of your mouth? And I just pointed to my heart and I whispered. I said, I'm praying in the quiet of my heart because we have to be reverent. And she said, Okay, Dad, and uh just went right back to you know her prayers. She was reading the the prayers that she had brought with her last night let's give a let's give thanks to God for this hour in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen, all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen, Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us, Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's a question for you. Would you like to evangelize in your community, but you're kind of nervous. How do you do that? What does it take? What does it mean to evangelize? Well, tune in tomorrow morning. We're going to be talking with Dr. Edward Shree about the Making Missionary Disciples track at the SEEK conference coming up in January here in the St. Louis metro area. For those of you in and around St. Louis that can make it, you really want to consider becoming part of the evangelization happening in the local church. And here's the best part. You don't need a degree. They're going to give you all the training you need to get started and how to share your faith, how to witness to the faith. So tune in tomorrow morning, or if you can't wait, visit seek.focus.org MMD. That's MMD for making missionary disciples. In the meantime, for Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Don't forget to pray your rosary
4: today.